If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? <laughs> film and pop culture fans to a brand new episode of quality check podcast i'm one of your hosts trying to do my best sad fleck daniel posey oh. joining me <laughs> across the internet is drew douglas well that's no longer funny it's no longer well not sad fleck but he's very i say sad fleck because that's how he comes off in deep water as you can tell, we are going to be talking about Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas' brand new film, Deep Water, and Ty West returns to his horror roots. We're talking about X. Up first, what do you have to say about Ben Affleck returning to kind of the big screen? It's the big little screen. I mean, do you wish this was in theaters? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, really? I don't think I would have paid to see this in the theater. Honest to God, if you were in this relationship, it's your wife or maybe your girlfriend. Like, wouldn't he just end it? <laughs> like, I would go what's nuts. going on? I would, I would, I would lose my mind. And and I'm saying that like I, this is this is going to sound really bad. But like when you're pushed, and spoilers on this because we're going to be talking detailed uh, plot points of Deep Water. But honestly, I would be pushed to do something if I were Ben Affleck to. Like he tries to end it and he's like, this is going to stop. And then he ends up doing what he jokes about in the very beginning of the movie, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen something like that in a movie, but I liked it because I know that's like threatening. But at the same time, it's like it was kind of funny, but it turns out to be <laughs> he actually does. that. <laughs> I mean, did did he kill the first person now? The, the guy that goes missing and he jokes about killing? I was going to ask you that it? same question. Honestly, I don't think so, but it wouldn't surprise me because remember whenever he was kind of, I'm not going to say on edge, but when we hear that the guy was shot to death, like on the breaking news that comes up, then it says in the background, the guy's name, he was shot like three times or something like that, found dead. I, when we see Ben Affleck listening, he was very dismissive. Like he didn't seem to be that concerned, but I liked how he used that as the main threat to say, back off, pal. Like, I don't want it reaching a certain limit or a certain um, where you're crossing the line with my wife. And I like to me, it's like, yeah, that's menacing. But at the same time, like, what else do you do? You're you're limited in this. But at the same time, it's like, all right, the root of the problem is if you've got a spouse who is just going overboard with this. There's, I don't know. To me, it's like, I've never been in that situation. I've never been married, but it's like, how do you get that to stop? I, first of all, I do think he killed, <laughs> I killed the first person. Like, I believe he did that. Okay, okay. 
Um, but he does go to her and he's like, this, you got to stop doing that, but you got to leave. You got to, you got to end it. Yeah. It was almost like he wanted to hold on to that, even though it's like, eh, some things are worth letting go. (laughs) Um, super weird. I I thought there was going to be a twist at the end where they, they had this agreement where he would, she could do whatever she wanted and he could do whatever he wanted with the revenge. And I thought they were going to be kind of, this was like their little game that they kind of got off on. See, that's, that's the direction I thought they were going as well, especially when we get to little Tony and I'm like, all right, (laughs) there's going to be a Dexter thing happening here (laughs) where she lures in a victim and then Ben Affleck just gets to have his, have his way with them. Literally like, you know, piling rocks in his pants and, sticking him with the stick in a water so stupid because he's like using his own belt <laughs> think yeah. at least one if the body is found which tony floats to the surface but you risk having tony float um but if that if that happens why are you planting your own evidence on this human being for one and then why'd you take his wallet <sighs> yeah that was so dumb i i did not an that that point itself, I did not understand certain things that happened, like the wallet thing. Um, was it the fact that he meant to like destroy it, but didn't? But then it sets the whole stage of his wife discovering it. But then when she goes looking for him and she opens up that container with snails, which I mean, I couldn't see her doing that. She's never even bothered to go into his little greenhouse. So why start now? And then she like opens it. Like she's got to do a lot of investigative work to get to that point. I think this movie would have gone up in my book if we got a reveal like that instead of she would just with whomever. And it was like you said, I think she was using that as like her own little game to see how far she could push him. Cause she even says that I like that. Or whenever he asks, are you afraid of me if you think I did this? She's like, no, because I know you're doing it for me. Well, there's no way to fix it now. <laughs> I just like it because it's so, uh, it's like when you want, you want to watch gangsters do bad stuff. No, Like, I don't want to go do that, but I enjoy watching it on film. And I don't want this kind of relationship whatsoever, but I, I had a lot of fun watching their their marriage unfold it actually got to a point where she was almost super annoying uh yeah yeah and that that stinks because Ana de Armas does a great job I think being like literally being the center stage and she does it in such a natural way in a fun way and I liked watching that but then after a while I'm like okay this is getting this is a little grating yeah, which why I, I think if you have that twist ending where they're kind of working as a tandem, she lures them in, and then he's free to do whatever he wants. That kind of makes up for her behavior. I I will say there's one scene that I watched three times, and it's when Tony takes a tumble. <laughs> I legit just like the way it happens. <laughs> Whenever Ben throws the rock and knocks him in the face. And like uh, that entire thing, this sounds messed up. That entire scene was like a deranged SNL sketch. And (laughs) I just watched it and it made me laugh because Tony had no idea. 
he just out there walking out. And then I love how Ben grabs his mini boulder and throws it in his chest. <laughs> I, I thought he was trying to lure Tony in a little bit more. And that's where I thought he's going to be a little more subtle, but there is no subtlety in the way he was hitting all those bombs and poor old Tony, Tony Pony was hitting his head on the ceiling. I didn't feel bad for Tony Pony. I felt bad for the dog in the back seat though. I know. I was like, why do you, why do you got to bring the dog? He's clinging on for, I was worried the dog was going to somehow roll down the hill with Tony. And he was, you know, Ben Affleck was going down there, would risk getting caught, which he did. And by the way, I have to say that chase scene where he's on the mountain bike going down the hill and he literally flips over and (laughs) the neighbor freaks out and drives off. I watched that scene twice (laughs) because it made me lull. We see Affleck fly over the handlebars and the guy freaks if he... If he was that concerned about Ben Affleck, he would have just hit him in the car, right? Well, if you're that concerned, one, you see what's happening, get in your car, and you're in an automobile, a guy's on a bicycle. Just drive calmly, and you're going to be fine. (laughs) Is this the first, and this got me thinking, we might have to do some research. Is this the first movie where Ben Affleck has ridden a bike on film? I think so. And I did not expect that to be him in the very beginning, but I'm like, I love it. Give us more of that. I will, I will have to point out there is a continuity issue. And of course, I'm like, well, go figure. I'd end up noticing this because in one scene, he's got mountain bike tires, and the next it changes over to road tires. I'm like, there's no freaking way he's switching those on the side of the road. Um, but well, there's, there's inconsistencies with what we see too. Like the beginning, he takes his pants off and he notices his wife staring at him. Mm-hmm. And then I were led to believe that's also the end of the movie, but he doesn't take his pants off and they have the same interaction. So I don't know if it's, it, we're supposed to, you know, not trust like who's the narrator and then what's real yeah. and what's not. Yeah. And that's where I wonder if we end up getting, what you said about the death early on in the movie. And that's what happens where the guy's missing. Turns out he's dead. If Affleck was coming back from the scene like that, I don't know. So that is an interesting way of of putting that. Are we, are we seeing it in terms of that is a separate incident or is it a narration issue where someone is, like kind of twisting this a little bit i just it was a, it was trashy fun it's like two hours it was highly entertaining we had two steamy movies now they build deep deep water as the uh what do they call it like the it's like the most erotic film of 2022 <laughs> yeah you shouldn't be allowed to call something the the blank of the year until november maybe yeah you know what i mean that was insane Two steamy movies, though. We also have Ty West, his new horror film. It's called X. And this is definitely steamy. This is steamy because it literally involves making a porno film. Which I saw this in a theater of uh, just two other people. And I told you, I felt like, I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, I felt like freaking Paul Rubin. Um, 
with some of the stuff that was going on on screen and then I'm by myself in the back row, I was waiting for the, 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 it was like a couple, I don't know, six, seven rows in front of me. I kept waiting for them to turn around and see if I was playing with my pecker. So this was another one. Both Deepwater and X were among my most anticipated like pop culture pickums of March mm-hmm. 2022. I had a lot of fun with Deepwater X, high expectations. I can't remember where I even had it. It might have been my number one pick, but I got to be honest with you, it uh, it didn't quite work for me. I'm really curious to hear why it biffed it so so bad in your book. I wanted it to go in a different direction. I didn't feel like the villains were very interesting. They're religious. Is that the ultimate takeaway from this? I think it's a mix of both. I, I wonder, because they kind of touched on it, but I couldn't tell if we end up having a controlling husband and a lady who is wanting to relive her past where she wants to be seen as a younger person, which I think they were leaning more into that versus the idea of she was suffering from, is it sundowner syndrome? Is it that where like the same uh, is said for the lady in the visit M night Shyamalan's movie. visit? She may, and they never come out and say it, but, the husband, the older husband does say at one time that my wife's not well. And I don't know if he means that truthfully or if he's using that as a metaphorical sense. Because if that's the case, maybe he's saying that in terms of she's... Because we see her even whenever it's not at night during the day and she's looking out and she sees obviously young Mia Goth, who I did not know until you told me, but Mia Goth plays the older lady. when. We see the older lady looking in and seeing me at Goth, and then she's like going through and recounting her memories and all this. To me, I'm led to believe that she has, like, she's struggling with age. She's struggling with being older, lo- like losing the interest and appeal, the attraction to uh, that her husband has toward her or to others that she. Grew up, as she mentioned before, as a dancer. And so that idea of attraction fades as you get older. And she's having a hard time with that. That's the way I interpreted that. And she's wanted to hold on to it. Perhaps she was promiscuous when she was younger. I, I Like I'm trying to read between the lines in that. Or was she just a dancer and she was center stage for so long and she wants to be the center of attention, but she also is holding on to this feeling of, sexuality and that played a large role in her life earlier and it still does today and she doesn't know how to balance that with age i was getting more of those vibes than religion which made it odd why why would they why would she go and kill them what was her rationale well and that's another good point because she also was talking about um like it was all because they were doing something perverse right Weren't, weren't they saying that the older couple and then on top of that, they also are saying, both of them, well, actually, it was ma- mainly the older lady. She was mentioning that Mia Goth, she's like, well, she's the one. There's something special about her. Mm-hmm. What what does that mean? Are they well, trying they, to, like, leatherface her? Is that well, it? That's when I thought we were going in maybe, like, a supernatural direction. I thought as I wish she was maybe killing these people, she was regaining her youth or something. 
Oh, see, but that would have been interesting. Obviously not what they do. And then the movie comes full circle because the, the, on the TV, we're listening to this pastor, you know, having a really wild sermon. And then it, it turns out that the pastor's daughter is, um, was Maxine, mm-hmm. which is Mia Goth's character. So that's what leads me to believe more that this is, they were condemning their behavior and then freely like killing them without any hesitation. And that ultimately for me comes completely unraveled in the final act of the film because of that. If we're leaning so heavily into religion, it's like, okay, we see that in the beginning and it's, you know, spread out. Um, I like that as like a subplot where they're shooting a a porn in Texas. It's very religious area. Um, But what if there's something that may be a little more sinister in terms of like you said, a a supernatural element and the whole religion, if they lean into that so much, like they did to me, I was like, as you said, we've seen that before, but also it just like, okay. I mean, I guess it's grounded, but I, to me, that literally took it down from being an A to being a C plus. I've read from Ty West. The idea was, you know, you get to know these characters. So you feel something when they die. I like that there's a slow burn setup to it, but I didn't necessarily care for really any of these characters. Yeah, I would say the closest that I would come to caring for is um, Kid Cuddy's character. Um, just because like he had probably the funnier moments and also the idea of, I thought that was interesting with the dynamic with him and the older uh, guy at the end, whenever he's like, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine, all that kind of stuff played in a little better. Um, and some, some of that commentary, but <clears throat> the other characters, even Jenna Ortega, she, I just, mm, it was like, okay. Uh, I do like, as you said, the slow burn aspect where getting to know some, some of the characters more. Um, I think they were all played pretty well overall by the actors and actresses. I will have to say, not a huge fan of Mia Goth's character. Like, I just didn't really care that much overall. Now, we, they've already shot the prequel. I, I can say after watching this movie, I'm not dying to watch that. It's something I will. I'm interested in. And then they're obviously talking about wrapping this up with a, a sequel. And I'm so glad I did not watch the trailer to this because it reveals so much. And I honestly follow your lead on that because as I told you through text, it's one of those that I was really excited. I was going to watch the trailer and I just said, oh, you've talked about not doing it. So I'm I'm not, I won't. And I'm glad I didn't because it's just spoiled so much. And there's a lot that's revealed in the movie that I didn't know, but it's in the trailer and I'm glad I saved it for the movie and it made the movie a little bit better. Uh, the the prequel, though, the next movie that's coming out, it's based on Pearl, the older lady, in her youth. And not the direction I thought it would take, but I did end up finding the trailer because I didn't stay for the, the post credits. And I ended up going to the bathroom, so I missed it. But um, it looks really weird. My interest in it, I'm interested in. I wouldn't say that I'm like dying to see it, but I'm I'm definitely interested. 
I want the thing that stinks is like I really like the first two thirds of this movie, but then the ending to me just fell so flat. Between these two, X and Deepwater, which one do you think is your weekend winner? I'm gonna throw a curveball and say neither are my weekend winner. Mine has to be a film. I have not told you that I've seen this because it was a surprise. I got to see a movie that made my top five list for most anticipated films coming out in the oh first part of 2022. And that I already, is... I already know what it is. <laughs> Mark Rylance in the outfit. Uh, I really like this movie. I dug it a lot. I won't reveal too much about it other than the fact that it appears more of a play brought to the big screen, like an actual theater play. And I really liked that, but it never felt stale or boring. And I really enjoyed the characters. The writing was strong. Each character seemed different. And I liked the ending. And without revealing too much, both, I saw this and X back to back, and they both dealt with aging. And what that's like. And I thought that was a really interesting double feature theme because the outfit to me was just so good. I would see it again. And I recommend anyone to watch it. Do you think that you'll ever watch the outfit? No, I have no interest in that. (laughs) Never going to watch that movie. That's all I'll say. But I am now interested to transition into the Rotten Tomatoes game because we got two movies we're talking about. We're locking in one. Right now we're tied 5-5 going into this one that we're locking in. And uh, that movie is Studio 666. Rotten Tomatoes score, 56%. That's what we've locked it in. You said 75. I said 53. Almost nailed this one right on, so I get the point. I'm now up 6-5 to on you. This has become very close. Much closer than (laughs) I think either of us expected during maybe the first two months of the year. But today we're going to guess two movies, Morbius and Ambulance, both come out in April. Let's do Morbius first. I have a feeling both of these movies will get stinker grades. <laughs> <laughs> They're both I'm going so, to get so sick of seeing Morbius trailers. <laughs> I don't know if I'll see it in theaters. Like, I just, this does not look good. Would you like me to do Morbius first? Sure. I'm locking in 44%. Oh, that's funny that you say that because originally I had that score, but I don't. I'm going right in the middle between Venom 1 and 2 with 54%. Mm. With the first Venom and that getting 30%, I thought maybe 10%. And then Let There Be Carnage got 58%. That's, That's really high. For that's that, too film. hot. I don't get that. Yeah, but I honestly, I could see this movie being in the sixties, but I, I, I think it's going to ultimately drop into the fifties. So, this is going to be another close one with Morbius on both of our scores because I think it's going to be in the the stinker. But same feeling for Ambulance. I'm going to let you go first on this one. So my score, this is where I did a flip-flop because I told you I had two different scores on Ambulance Morbius. I flipped those 
And like I told you, I originally have 44 on Morbius. I gave that to Ambulance and I stuck that with 44%. Ooh, boy. Looking at Bay's last decade of films and how they've ranked on Rotten Tomatoes is not favorable at all for him. They're bad. His last five. We'll just do his last five. Six Underground, 36%. Transformers, The Last Night, 15%. 13 Hours, 51%, which seems low. Way too low. That's a that's a good movie. I stand by that movie. Transformers, Age of Extinction. This one sucked. But <laughs> a little higher than The Last Night, 17%. And then Pain and Gain. This is way too low. I rewatched this this past weekend. 50%. Oh, wow. That's yeah. too low. Did I do my pick for Ambulance? No, not yet. I'm hyped for this. Th- listen, this movie, I have a feeling, won't do anything new. We've seen it before, but I feel like the cast will elevate it. And this is, it looks like an entertaining two hours. I'm going to lock in 61%. Oh, wow. I The thing is, I think critics freaking despise Bay. That's why... I just, I don't think it will reach above 50. Like, no matter what, even if he made a great movie. Yeah, I do. There's going to be people that just like, no. They're just like, no, thank you. He can make good fellas. Like, he he did. It's pain and gain. (laughs) He could could hand them Marty Scorsese's, any Marty Scorsese film. And like, they would say, this is garbage. They rip it. And then it comes out, hey, Martin actually directed that and he wrote it too. And they're like, Oh, and they're like, well, we take that back. We rescind our comments. Ah, uh, yeah. I just, I think that it's, I just, I, I have that feeling that no matter what MB does, he's going to be MB tanked by critics. So how many movies I don't, he's done like what 11 movies or something at this point. How many do you think are certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes? None. Well, he's done one. Oh. He's got one movie that's 68%. It's its highest movie. Man, let me think about that because I was I was earlier when you you Don't sent me the greatest it. photo. Don't overthink it. Um, I feel like it would be uh he didn't direct Armageddon, did he? Yeah, he directed Armageddon. Okay, then it's Armageddon. No, that's a 38%. Oh, is that The Rock? Yes, The Rock. You know what's hard to believe is Armageddon was his third film. Then his fourth film was Pearl Harbor. No way. That's crazy. I think of that being like real later in his career. So he's done a ton of music videos. I didn't realize how much. I respect mm. Michael Bay. His movies are what they are most times, but he's got a style to him that I, that I like. And uh, honestly, we see so many movies where you couldn't tell who directed it. Yeah. I mean, you have such a distinct style. You have to respect that. And that's a, you know, that's a thing too. We got that with Tony Scott and man, RIP Tony Scott, because in my opinion, he did something that sometimes it just felt too much, but there's something about the style that some try to replicate and they just can't. Honestly, same way with Bay. There's something that he brings, and it's so. I know you said bombastic, but that's like I, there's like it's bold. It just does something that is just so big and outlandish, and 
like the photo you sent me represents it. He's got that megaphone. He's like leaning into it, <laughs> shouting out over the stilltop. And that's just like what he's like for his films. And it's, I just, you know, when you go in to see a Michael Bay film, you're going to get an explosive good time. I feel like most of his movies, you can say that, that even the Transformers movies, bad ones, you're like, there's something that you can take away and, and you enjoyed an aspect of that, right? I feel. Well, we're finding out because I'm re-watching all his movies. And the uh, the Transformers ones are the ones that I'm just not looking forward to. Meanwhile, may have to return to deep water and see Ben Affleck just looking out and looking sad. We were, by the way, we predicted whether we would get a peen shot. There was no peen shot. That's <laughs> I was waiting for that at the very end. I'm like, wait, maybe that'll happen. But we got, uh, there's a lot revealed in this, but no Ben Affleck below the belt. <laughs> we got outline of Kid Cudi's peen too. Oh, yeah. Hanging dong right. in the doorway, we think. I mean, I don't know, that could have been fake, but holy smokes, congrats. All right, Phil fans, that's going to do it for this episode of Quality Check Podcast. Until next time, keep watching.